Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. You may have heard the story of the pastor who was giving a children's message on unity within the church. The pastor said to the kids, God wants us to be one. Immediately, a four-year-old protested, I've already been one. I want to be five. I know the feeling. I remember distinctly during the time my family lived in Iowa, when I was four or five years old, at family gatherings, sitting at the square, fold-out, vinyl-topped kids' table with my little sisters and the other little ones, when where I really wanted to be was with the adults at the big table, part of their conversation. I wanted to be grown up. In our reading from Ephesians today, the Apostle Paul calls on the members of the church in Ephesus to grow up, to be mature, to become the people God intends for them to be. Ephesus was the capital of the Greco-Roman province of Asia on the western coast of modern-day Turkey, a major center of trade and commerce for the Roman Empire, a large metropolitan city with a socially, economically, religiously diverse population, a city with many people who had significant differences on what to believe and how to live. Paul visited Ephesus several times and spent three years there during his third missionary journey, sharing the good news of life in Jesus Christ and forming a community to share this good news with each other, a community known as the church, the saints who do the work of ministry, the body of Christ on earth. In the third chapter, in the first through third chapter of Ephesians, Paul reminds the Ephesians of the good news that he shared with them and that they are to share with each other. Jesus Christ, God our creator, came in the flesh, joined with us in our humanity, lived a life of grace and truth, suffered and died on the cross, and on the third day rose again to life, taking our sin as his own and forgiving us, taking our death as his own and freeing us from it forever, giving us life eternal and abundant. The God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will raise us also. We have life now and forever. We are saved, as Paul writes in Ephesians, by grace, through faith, not works. Christ has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He has made us right with God. He has reconciled our relationships. He has made known to us the breadth and length and height and depth of God's steadfast love. And his Holy Spirit 
is working in us and through us to speak the good news and do the good work of Christ. And then, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, our reading for today, Paul moves from proclamation to exhortation, from declaring what God has done for us to instructing us on what we should do for each other, from the wondrous gift of life that God gives us to how we are to live our lives every day. In other words, the question is not, what are you going to do to be saved? The question is, you are saved. Now what are you going to do? Paul calls on his fellow followers of Christ to live a life worthy of God's magnificent grace, to respond in kind to God's mercy, to love as God first loved us, to be mature. The Greek word for mature is talos, and it means complete, full, entire, undivided, It seems to me that maturity is knowing what to do and doing it. Or, as theologian Dallas Willard puts it in terms of discipleship, living your life as Christ would live your life if he were you. What would Jesus do? Paul describes for his co-workers in Christ what maturity looks like among them and what can keep them from growing up. The immaturity of selfishness, for example. In many of his letters, Paul addresses the damage caused by selfishness, self-centeredness, caring for ourselves more than we care for others, looking out for number one, a me-first, us-first attitude, which led to divisions in the church caused by arguments over which spiritual gifts or roles were most important, by some people being excluded from fellowship because they were deemed sinners, by some people insisting that their traditions were the only traditions acceptable in church. Growing up, when our family would have discussions of childish behavior, my mom would mention a man named Elmer Bohr. Elmer Bohr and his wife would come over to play cards with my mom's parents. And if there was a point in the game when Elmer Bohr was losing badly enough, he would throw down his cards, get up from the table, and go take a nap. He would rather break up the game than let other people win it. Maturity is unity, committed community, unbroken fellowship. As Paul writes to the Ephesians to do everything we can, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because we are one, one body, one Spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Paul focuses on what, or more importantly, who unites us. 
Paul affirms that there are many and various different spiritual gifts and roles, and all of them are important. All of them are given for ministry, for equipping the saints, for doing God's life-giving work. Paul affirms that no one is excluded from fellowship in the community of Christ in the church. We are, all of us, sinners saved by grace. Paul affirms that Christ has broken down the walls of hostility that divide us based on our human traditions or cultural understandings or gender or class or ethnicity. In Christ, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. We are one humanity, one beloved community. We are all beloved children of God. Unity is not uniformity. We are all different. We all have different experiences, backgrounds, perspectives, ideas, opinions. We all bring our unique selves and our unique gifts to ministry, and wonderfully so. We don't have to be the same or think the same to work together. Just as one body has many members and thrives when all the parts are working together properly, just as one symphony has many, many different notes and soars as all the different notes are played together. Just as one computer has many different components and runs when all of the components are functioning properly, so the church has many different members and grows as we come together in love and in truth. Immaturity, Paul writes, is accepting falsehood, being blown about by people's deceptive scheming. We take in an overwhelming amount of information every day. Here's more. <laughs> A research article in the Encyclopedia Britannica Online notes that the human body sends 11 million bits per second to the brain for processing, yet the conscious mind seems to be able to process only 50 bits per second. We take in 11 million bits. We can consciously process 50. 11 million versus 50. It takes a great deal of mental energy to sort through all of the information that's coming at us and to discern what is true from what is false. There is a lot of false information out there. Scam email chains, doctor videos online, calls from a grandson in Rio who needs you to send him money right away, false advertising, disingenuous pundits with their own agendas. It can be hard to know what is true, what is worthy of our time and attention, what is worthy of our trust. And so it's important that we do our research 
invest the mental energy to sort through it all. Get our information from a variety of reliable sources. Ask ourselves what information we're accepting and rejecting and why. Pray for discernment and seek the counsel of close friends. And ask ourselves this question in the search for truth. Does it bear good fruit? Is it authentic and beneficial? And does it align with the reality we know in Jesus Christ? Does it cause people to grow or to shrink? Maturity, Paul writes, is speaking the truth in love. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul affirms that even if he could make the best possible argument defending his beliefs, even if he had enough faith to move mountains, even if he did all the right things but didn't have love, he's nothing. No matter what I say or what I do or what I believe without love, I am bankrupt. Jesus is the truth and Jesus is love. And so, if we want to know what is true, what is real, what is authentic, what is good, what is beneficial, we look to him. His words and example in scripture. In prayer, seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus promised will guide us in all the truth. In quiet moments of contemplation when we shut out the noise of the world in the collective wisdom of those who have gone before us, discerning in the community that God has given us to build each other up with our family, with our friends, with our church. We are not alone in times of confusion or anxiety. Reach out and know that the Lord and others are there for you. Maturity is growing up in love, agape, understanding goodwill for all human beings, as Martin Luther King Jr. described it, genuinely wanting the best for all the people in our lives and speaking and acting from that desire, having the humility to acknowledge that we're not always right and making amends having the gentleness to consider the needs and experiences and perspectives of others, having the patience to bear with people who annoy or frustrate or disappoint us, making every effort to stick together and support one another. I've been so inspired by USA Olympic swimmers like Katie Ledecky and Lily King and Annie Laser who have genuinely celebrated the accomplishments of those who finished ahead of them in their races. Using our gifts, and we all have gifts, to promote the health and well-being of our fellow human beings. Maturity is becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, doing what he would do, saying what he would say, 
living as he lives. May we all continue to grow up together in unity, in truth, in love, in Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.